Welcome to our podcast. My name is Rebecca Boschman. I'm the Associate Director here at the Children's Airway First Foundation. And you are here for our first ever podcast, so welcome. Wanted to give you a little bit of background about who we are and what we do, and really today talk as parent to parent. Um, you know, our foundation was started about a year ago. It'll be uh, April 2021. And if you want to hear on a more personal level about our guests today and the story about their daughter and their journey, you can check out our website. We have a great podcast interview um, that we did with one of our, our fellow podcasters, Emma Cooksey, that will give you the background. But today I'd like to introduce you to our co-founders, Brad and Candy Sparks. Hi guys. Hi. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, today, for those of you that really don't know about us, just at a high level, our mission statement, which you can find on our website, is to make sure that every child has screening, evaluation, and treatment for airway disorders before the age of six. And as we go along, you'll find out why that, that age milestone is so critical. Um, and today I'd like to just open it up. Like I said, we're going to talk parent to parent. Um, really, why did y'all create CAT? Let's start with that. About a year ago, I found out that everything that happened to our daughter, she's almost 20 years old now, could have been avoided or treated and treated when she was very young. So in talking parent to parent, I would just like to ask everybody listening today, what if somebody told you that your child could be born with a condition or an anomaly uh, that's structural in their airway that would cause them to have hypoxic brain injuries, innumerable comorbidities, including cancer, heart disease, autonomic disorders, you name it, and would lower their IQ by at least 10 points. Would you not rush to your local pediatrician and your possibly your local dentist and maybe just wouldn't even know what to do? Right. Well, we had no idea that our daughter had this issue, but it was present at birth and could be seen by a trained eye. In fact, when she was 18 months old, I went to my cosmetic dentist and he took one look at her and she's adorable. Look at her on her website. I mean, gosh, she's this gorgeous child. And he said, you know what? She's going to need some work. And I'm thinking, huh? She's First of all, she's the smartest kid ever born. We all think that about our kids, don't we? Right. And, and yeah, she's just cute as button. What is he talking about? And he said, you're going to go need to go see a Dr. Hang, Dr. Bill Hang in California when she's between six and nine. So I thought, well, she's 18 months now. I've got time. It's, it's all good. But what I've learned in the last year is that that trained eye could have recognized it at birth. And what would they have been seeing? Number one, that she was breathing through her mouth mm -hmm. predominantly. 
And number two, if they had checked inside her mouth, they would have noticed that she had a very high upper palate. And that palate was actually impeding her nasal air, airway mm -hmm. so that she wasn't able to breathe through her nose because that palate was up too high. And we also would have been told, oh, and by the way, her chin is back a little too far and the tongue is attached to that. And that tongue is falling back into her oral pharynx, her oral airway. So even breathing through her mouth had a loss of oxygen that she was trying to get. So all of that was possible to see at birth. And one thing that we're fighting for now with the Children's Airway First Foundation is the opportunity for every child to have a complete airway exam within the first 24 to 48 hours after birth. Because think about it, at least 20% of kids are born with some type of airway issue. Right. That's huge. That's astounding. That's huge. And you can't even imagine that there are 11 million children under the age of 10 in the United States. And usually it starts at birth. But let me tell you, if it isn't present right then and there at birth, here's how it could show up for your child. Imagine if you bring your child home and you have no idea that there's some black mold in your house. And we're mm -hmm. in Texas. So sometimes that happens here in Texas. <laughs> right. Or you might have a cockroach infestation, you know, under your pier and bean that you don't even know about. But there are toxins in your home. Or maybe you open the window and there's a factory nearby and that toxic chemical is blowing into your home. And maybe within hours or days, your newborn child is breathing through his or her mouth. And when you breathe through your mouth instead of your nose, your jaws and your airway are going to become compromised. They mm -hmm. will develop differently. Who knew? I certainly right. My daughter right. was mouth breathing from the start. I thought, yeah, maybe she just does that because I'm nursing her and she's kind of saying, hey, again, please. But so we're finding that children have this mouth breathing going on and we check them and we could see a high dental arch, maybe a retreated chin. So that tongue is falling back into their oral pharynx and other issues that you might look for is typically they may have sort of an accentuated bow upper lip, you know, that cute little bow lip mm -hmm. and maybe the lower lip is rolling forward. And those are also characteristics. But I would like to ask you to look at a book called Sleep Wrecked Kids. Sleep Wrecked Kids, written by Sharon Moore. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it through our website and so on. But if you have a young child and you're wondering, hmm, they seem to be breathing through their mouth. They also snore when they're trying to sleep and they're restless when they're trying to sleep. Maybe their covers are thrown all over the place. And maybe your child's a little older, four or five. And you're noticing that they're tired during the day and they're not able to focus very well. 
And maybe that issue of not being able to focus and concentrate very well is getting in the way of preschool. And sometimes those kids become a little more aggressive because their teachers are saying, hey, you know, wake up. Did you not do your homework? Did you, is there an issue here? Well, those kids may be starting to develop ADD, ADHD, because that is contributed to by hypoxic brain injuries, because they are getting on average 18% less oxygen per night. Think mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. We've all seen issues where somebody loses their airway and within minutes, they die. Right. Imagine your child's developing brain not getting adequate oxygen or CO2 or other necessary components during the night mm -hmm. or while they're mouth breathing. Mouth mm -hmm. breathing is a huge issue. Look for it not only in your own child, but other children. And, and it's not okay. That's something that you drove home with me really early on when I joined the organization. Mouth breathing is not okay. Right. It's just I, not, it's not cute. It's not, it's not okay. Absolutely. And I have been working with the physician in chief at Delt Children's Hospital here in Austin, Dr. Leah Harris. And we were talking, you know, four or five times. And one day she said, you know what? Mouth breathing is not normal. Maybe that should be our slogan mm -hmm. so that we all start looking for it. Because a lot yep. of pediatricians have not been trained to look for the signs of airway issues in children. Yep. And sometimes they just go straight to, well, this kid seems to have ADD, ADHD when they're around five or six. Let's make sure they get some Ritalin so they can focus and concentrate better. But or they'll grow out of it. That was the other thing that drove home. Yes. Yeah, they'll grow out of mouth breathing. They're, they're a night snore. It's okay. They'll grow out of it. They have allergies. Let's wait yes. and see. Right. Or right. as they get older, it's probably exercise-induced allergies. So let's right. see the healers going. Mm -hmm. Again, you have steroids happening, and we want to avoid that. So right. let's go back to this child that's born. I met an osteopath, a DO is, and they are MDs. And she said, tell me a little bit about your child's birth. And I did. And she said, okay, so I would have taken your daughter's savvy and had her skull in one hand and be holding her. And then I would have moved my other hand behind her skull and a few inches. And I would have noticed that the vibration coming off her skull from her brain was not right mm -hmm. because she had an impaired airway. Then I would have gone inside of her mouth and I would have noticed that she had a very high V-shaped upper palate. And then I would have noticed that her chin was back so that that tongue that her chin is writing on, also called the mandible, was too far back into her oral pharynx. And she was also having difficulty breathing in that way. I would have checked her for what's called lip ties. Is that lip attached with a little piece of skin? Is the tongue tied down to the mandible with little pieces of skin? And all of that needs to be changed at that point. And then she said, because we are osteopaths, 
we do manual manipulation. So we would have started to reshape that upper palate from a high V shape to a healthy U shape, which is the normal way your palate should mm-hmm. be. And by the way, you can see that on our website. That's right. It's on our website. Yeah. Yes. So, and you can see all of these characteristics on our website and including our daughter's story, which also talks about what we should have been looking for. And photos. That's the other great thing with Savvy's story. Just to interject, if you go on our website and you look at our story, you're going to see photos of Savvy. And once you know the signs to look for, it's amazing. I mean, they're there. It's just, it's right there, but you know, no one knew. Yes. I have to tell you that this is so new that the vast majority of books have been written after 2015. Mm-hmm. So my husband has a job that causes us to move frequently. So my daughter had her first pediatrician and dentist in Potomac, Maryland. Then we moved to Seattle and she had a dentist and two pediatricians there. And when she was three years old, she had RSV and she went into Seattle Children's Hospital for three days to be treated for RSV or possibly pneumonia. So you had all of these different doctors and dentists looking at her within the first three years of her life. No one said she has a high V-shaped arch. She Mm -hmm. is a mouth breather. She has a retrusive chin that is too far back. Therefore, she has to have a compromised airway. And that will mean that she's not getting the normal amount of oxygen she should be getting, especially when she's asleep. Right. So what can that cause? Do you Mm -hmm. know that if you have, we all probably heard of sleep apnea, obstructive Mm -hmm. sleep apnea, and we think of that as happening to our 50-year-old aunt right, or an elderly person who's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of lethargic and possibly overweight. And Mm -hmm. we think, does that happen to a child? Who's ever heard of that? Right. But we find that these children are have sleep disordered breathing or fragmented sleep or even obstructive sleep apnea. And then what happens when your child cannot get into REM sleep just like an adult because they can't get the oxygen and the rest that they need and they're waking up many times just like an adult with sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Their sleep is disrupted. It's fragmented. And when they don't get that sleep that rejuvenates them and restores their brain function clearly, they begin to get hypoxic brain injuries. Uh And there isn't a single psychological disorder that can't be tied back to fragmented sleep. Correct. So my daughter developed greater anxiety, depression, Mm-hmm. Today, she has PTSD, and we can talk about all the ways that that manifested and came about, but those were the things that were starting in her system. And also, she has POTS, which is postural mm-hmm. orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. She has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. She's hypermobile. She has a couple of different conditions, but 
It's amazing. I'd like you also to read Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Uh Matthew Walker wrote his book in 2017. In the UK, it became the book of the year. And it is a fantastic way of finding out if my child has an airway issue, what can happen? Uh How will it change the course of their health? as they're growing, the first thing that goes, remember this, is concentration and focus. So Mm -hmm. why do we have so many kids that have difficulty reading in school? Why do we have so many kids who are half falling asleep in school? Mm -hmm. Because their sleep is disrupted. Right. Airway issue, which also means they have a sleep issue. Right. So the thing is, is that there is help. For babies, they can get that exam at birth. Some correction can occur as they are an infant and what we call a waddler. And then we get into the toddler. Did you know at only 30 months, an airway-centric pediatric dentist can begin treating your child and helping them to expand their airway Fixing these anomalies, turning that high V-shaped arch into a rounded, healthy arch, guiding the mandible and maxilla, the upper and lower jaws forward, expanding the airway so your child will get the oxygen they need while they sleep. They will no longer have sleep disordered breathing, fragmented sleep, or any of these conditions. Uh If you don't take this chance to help your child get this treatment, they will have more issues trying to learn in school. Uh And just the other day, one of our advisory board members from the Mayo Clinic at Rochester, who is a neurologist who studied sleep medicine, he has set up many of the pediatric sleep labs across the country in many of the best children's hospitals, including Boston and Murray and others. And he said, what happens when your child cannot learn? Is that not terrifying? It is terrifying. It is terrifying. And the other thing that was brought up that, um, you know, I think they also touched on and why we sleep is, this lack of REM sleep, you know, due yes. to waking up because you can't get oxygen, it's destroying their autoimmune system. Yes. And as a parent, to me, that is terrifying. Right. And I mean, I would never, ever have put two and two together and thought that was going to happen. Right. So you have hypoxic brain injuries and autoimmune just wreaking havoc on these kids. Yes. And no one's noticing. Yes. Because a hypoxic brain injury can be responsible for triggering MS. Yes. And other autoimmune disorders. Mm -hmm. So also we look at weight gain Mm -hmm. and it can trigger the hormone, the hypothalamus, the one that says, I gotta have a good snack. I'm not satisfied. I gotta have another one. And you never feel full. Mm -hmm. So And also, you have a hormone in that same area that can give you a normal response to food of, oh, 
I feel full now. Oh, I've just eaten this and I'm I'm good. But what happens when all you want to do is eat some more? That's right. also can manifest from fragmented sleep and an airway issue. And it's a vicious cycle. So you're eating more and you can't sleep. So you're tired. So now you're not moving. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're taking this, this was something else that someone else on our board has mentioned before that when you look at this holistically, what's happening now as a child that we could fix, yeah. you know, if, if we're focused on it is impacting the health span of your child into adulthood, Absolutely. which basically shortens their lifespan. Absolutely. So the biggest thing that I would say parent to parent is number one, we are going to be working on getting an airway exam score into all of our pediatricians, obstetricians, doulas, anyone who is attending an infant at birth has to be board certified has to go through the training and board certification to learn to do a comprehensive airway exam on an infant within the first 24 to 48 hours. And the physician in chief I mentioned earlier, Dr. Lita Harris at Dell Children's is so interested in getting this done because she's also a neonatologist and she knows the importance of finding everything when you have these Uh, preterm babies and babies that are at risk and those even that aren't. What if we don't discover this? What if they continue to malbreed? What if nobody sees it and no one's trained to see it? So that's a huge thing. We also are working with Dell Medical School so that we can change the curriculum for pediatricians. So Mm -hmm. any pediatrician you walk into can say, oh, there it is. I see that, here are the signs, let's evaluate further. And if necessary, maybe even do a sleep lab test, or now there are even ways to do it at home. And let's make sure that we understand, is this child getting proper sleep? Are they getting into REM sleep? Are they getting the kind that allows them to concentrate and focus and learn and feel healthy and good about themselves? Right. So all of that now, thanks to a whole lot of airway centric dentists Mm -hmm. and neurologists have said, we must get on top of this. We must train everyone in our field to be able to spot these children. It's almost 20% of the population of children. There's 74 million children in the United States Mm -hmm. and at least 11 million under the age of 10 have these issues. Right. And can we just, can we speak to also, you know, we're, we're talking about pediatricians, but some of the members of our advisory board are, are some of the, the most prestigious and, and well-noted dentists and um, orthodontists and, you know, maxillofacial professionals. Yeah. yeah. Surgeons in the industry. And I keep hearing time and time and time again, you know, speaking parent to parent, this warning about removing permanent teeth as they come in and retractive braces. Could we, could we touch on that a little bit? Because to me, you know, if you've missed the signs at birth and as a parent, 
you have a you have a child come in and you think, oh, their their teeth look really great. There's there's no gaps in them, and they're coming in. I had no idea that that was a sign. There should be gaps, right, so that the their adult teeth have room to come in. But you know, once they come in, how many children do you know are shipped off to the orthodontist? Let's pull teeth and let's talk retractive braces. Right. I just read a story the other day about a mom who took her daughter to see the orthodontist and said, you know, she has crooked teeth. She has a lot of cavities. She has a malocclusion, a class two malocclusion, which means that big overbite or what we used to call buck teeth. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's even more prominent than that. Or sometimes there's a class three malocclusion, which means your lower jaw comes out farther than your upper jaw. So your lower teeth are out farther than your upper teeth. And then there's a um, class one malocclusion, which basically means you have very crooked teeth. (laughs) So also if you're mouth breathing, kids at 72 months have many more cavities than kids uh, who are nasal breathing. Right. So it's always the goal to get them to nasal breathing. And there are lots of ways to do that. And we talk about that too with myofunctional therapy and so on. But your question, Rebecca, is about when it's time to go to the orthodontist. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I wish I had known then what I know now. Right. So we moved from Seattle. And we lived in Scottsdale a couple of years. And then we moved to Austin and our daughter was eight. And she started this new private school. And the kids were giggling about the fact that she had this severe class two malocclusion. Her mandible and her teeth were way forward. It was almost that cartoonish grin that you sometimes see in cartoons. And she's like, mom, you know, they're kind of laughing at me. And I said, okay, time to go to the orthodontist. So we looked at who's the number one person in Austin. And we went there and he said, oh, yes, I see that she will need orthognathic surgery, also known as double jaw surgery, also known as MMA. And that means that both jaws have to be moved forward to help open, expand that airway and allow her to breathe through her nose and and develop more uh, healthy, to be more healthy. So anyway, he said, but she's eight and, you know, looks are important. And in fact, if you read anything about dentists and orthodontists, They want to assure that your child has a healthy esteem, self-esteem, and Mm -hmm. that they can improve their smile to help with that. So he said, I can give her a great smile, but at 17, she will need to have those jaws pulled forward and have orthognathic surgery. So I'm thinking, well, all right, that makes sense. So he put in a rapid expander, which takes care of that uh, upper palate um, and expanded it very quickly because it was so high to begin with. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful, of course. 
and then put on what are called retractive orthodontics. In other words, they're meant to push the teeth back. But here's what I know that most people never know is that even a millimeter or two, think of it, a millimeter or two can push the tongue farther into that oral pharynx that this child is trying to breathe through mm-hmm. and cause more damage. Right. That's why today you need a dentist, an orthodontist, who believes in something called forwardontics or bringing the jaws forward, not back, mm-hmm. to protect the airway. And you need to ask them, are you an airway-centric dentist? Are you going to and to really protect my child's airway? And if they say, oh, that's not important, by the way, your child could breathe through a straw, but the size of the airway should be the size of a hose. And we even have orthodontists who claim that a child can breathe through something as tiny as a Starbucks straw, stir straw. Right. Because all night long, they're struggling to breathe and getting hypoxic brain injuries and systemic comorbidities. You're listening to Airway First with today's guest, Brad and Candy Sparks. You can find out more about the Children's Airway First Foundation and our mission to ensure that every child has access to screening, evaluation, and treatment of all children's airway disorders before the age of six on our website at childrensairwayfirst.org. You can also find a ton of great resources for parents on our website including things like videos, blogs, recommended books, comprehensive medical research, and more. As a reminder, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And now, back to our podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, we didn't know to ask those questions. We didn't even know there was such a thing as an airway issue. She was mm-hmm. Right. And- Okay, but we're at the number one guy, and he's going to give her a nice smile, and it's all going to be good. All right, this is insane. So she's got the braces on, and she begins to walk more slowly across her campus at school and cannot get to her next class or to the building with the lunchroom in it and move with the other children. She has to walk more slowly. She's not getting enough air right. to be able to walk at a normal pace with the other kids. And this was a kid who is running around and fit prior to getting these retractive braces. And we actually know now from Dr. Bill Hang, who's on our website, who is an extraordinary dentist who is airway-centric. He is a pioneer in this and bringing the jaws forward, that he looked at her records and said, it was moved back two to three millimeters, enough to completely destroy her health, her memory. She's like, mom, I don't know why I can't remember much of my childhood. Mom, I don't know why I can't remember to bring my homework to school. And I'm not one of the smart kids anymore. 
Yeah. How can this be? So when she was 10, her fifth grade teacher said to me, do you know that your child blacks out in class? That we can't even wave our hand in front of her and have her wake up? That's called a microsleep. And if you're looking at the book, Why We Sleep, you mm -hmm. find out how this happens in children. They're so exhausted from not sleeping at night that their brain has to go into a microsleep. So they also said, you know, she's forgetting her homework. Um, she's walking more slowly. We had to give her a key card to get into other buildings because she couldn't keep up with the kids to walk across. And oh, by the way, we're going to put her in a special class with children with disabilities and diseases who also are weak and lacking in stamina and strength. Mm. Our child, who at seven, could walk mountains and hills in the Seattle area and in Italy on a summer vacation and run all over, suddenly has these issues because her airway is so incredibly impaired. Right. So we take her to Texas Children's to the famous pulmonologist who saw the boy in the bubble and took care of him for years. And we think he's going to know everything. He's going to cure our child. Wow, let's do it. So we go and so amazing. He runs all these tests, he takes all these images, and he tells us that our daughter is a mystery. Why? Because pulmonologists are generally looking at the thoracic region from the neck down, not mm -hmm. from the neck up. Right. So he's not noticing the upper airway. And to their credit, pulmonologists also are mainly trained to address emergencies. And you would see that in the book Breath by James Nestor. And mm -hmm. as he talked with pulmonologists about why aren't you looking for this? And they explain why. So she's going through all of this and she's thinking no one understands. And her best friend died of leukemia. And she's thinking he was getting weaker and weaker and weaker and such a bright, darling child. And maybe I'm going to die too. And she's becoming more depressed and she's anxious because she can't remember things. She's trying to even stay up late because she can't sleep to do more homework. And um, I can, I'm thinking, well, are, are you trying hard enough? Because the doctors aren't pointing this out and her pediatrician says, oh, she has exercise-induced asthma, take her to the track, get her to run a little bit, then walk, run, walk, and here's another inhaler. Right. It's not working. So at 12, she said, you know, I'm done. And we went to see a psychologist. And while we were there back in Seattle, we happened to see my cosmetic dentist, the one who saw her at 18 months with that trained eye. And he said, let me just check her. And he set her back in the chair and said, oh, my gosh, I don't know how she breathes. She is 50 to 80 percent blocked. Mm. Pieces are already off, but the teeth are back. And there's no place for the tongue other than to fall back in the oral pharynx. Right. Really blocked. And 
he said, you have to go see Dr. William Hang in California immediately. So we went to see him and we also saw a myofunctional therapist named Joy Muller. And both of them took measurements and said, I'm sorry, it's too far gone. She is going to need that orthognathic surgery, that double jaw surgery, MMA surgery now, immediately. So there's a preparation process that takes five to six months. We had to go through that. It was very difficult. We also knew that the father of sleep apnea, the late Christian Guillemino at Stanford could tell us what was going on with the sleep apnea. We went to see him and he said, yes, she has obstructive sleep apnea. And oh, by the way, we're going to test her right now for narcolepsy and MS. She's 13, mm-hmm. 13. And all of this has been manifesting mainly at the time she was eight and had retractive braces that pushed those teeth back, even just a few millimeters. From a dentist who is highly rated, and I'll have to say that I, I'll give him the credit, I don't think he knew what could happen. I don't. What is so terrifying? We talk about this in our board meetings. We've brought this up in other discussions and auxiliary conversations. As a parent, the fact that dentists don't realize this damage that they could do. I mean, they think they're doing the right thing. Yes, absolutely. And as I looked into, well, what are the standards? What are the board certifications for dentists and orthodontists? Mm-hmm. And they actually have different beliefs in different dental schools. Some believe in using retractive braces. Some believe, well, they all do. But some look at rapid expanders, don't like them. Some pull four by cuspids. And here's the thing. If your orthodontist wants to pull teeth, run. Right. I'm telling you, run. Because we ended up with the world-renowned maxillofacial surgeon, Dr. Larry Wolker, who is known and admired and he set the gold standard for maxillofacial surgeons. And he said that half of his patients, half, have had teeth pulled. And the worst are the ones who have four bicuspids pulled and then retracted braces. And now they're having trouble chewing, swallowing. They're having trouble eating. They're having trouble speaking. All of their myofunctions, functions, their facial functions are impaired. Mm-hmm. And I had another doctor say they look like hell, they feel like hell, they function like hell. It's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And this can come from a dentist or an orthodontist. And many orthodontists are self-taught. They're general dentists. So we have to be sure as parents to make sure that we're working with somebody who is trained to be airway centric, who is trained to provide your child with jaw advancement, bringing it forward instead of bringing it back. Correct. So, and the earlier you start, the better. Right. Which was also amazing to me because as a parent, 
I remember being made fun of because I wanted to get my daughters to the dentist and they were three, mm-hmm. but having been here and, and working with the organization for a year and everything that I've read, they should have been at the dentist before that. Yes. It's just, it's, it's, it's counterintuitive and it's just everything that could have been caught and prevented. And, you know, so again, we have this paradigm shift just with parents when should they be going to the dentist with their children? When is the first time? Right. One, they should have mm-hmm. their first exam. Right. Two, at 30 months, they can be they can start to have treatment to bring their jaws forward if necessary. And you think of that, oh my gosh, that must be a horrible thing. It's all non-surgical. Um, there are appliances almost like clear liners where they're softer plastic, but they guide the jaws forward. And uh, it's done over a longer period of time, but the aim is specially trained pediatric dentists who are airway centric like Dr. Kevin Boyd in Chicago, who's also on staff at Lurie Children's Hospital, where you have a great team of an osteopath, an ENT, uh, ear, nose, and throat, oh, laryngologist. You even have psychologists who understand what it's like yes. to be physically impaired as, and have anxiety and depression due to airway issues and so on. Who understand you're a whole person and can work with you. They have a, a great sleep lab. And in fact, Kevin Boyd is mentioned in almost Every book written today. Yes, it is. But the interesting thing is Kevin had two daughters. And as he started to recognize this in his older daughter, he started to think of ways he could help her. And he wasn't able, it was too late to really help her to the extent she needed. But he was able to intervene with his younger daughter and cure her of all of these issues by guiding her jaws forward and correcting her upper palate and so on. So he has mastered this approach with children. I've actually seen an eight-year-old boy in his office jumping up and asking, you gave me 10 more millimeters, now we can play ball, now we can run, now we can think. And that kid became a great student. And there are many, many, many success stories of children who have this airway-centric work done. There's also Dr. Ben Moralia, M-I-R-G-L-I-A. Look for it on our website out in um, the New York area. He has trained about 200 other dentists to do this work, and they're doing great work. He also trains their staff in myofunctional therapy to keep function going well with children. Take a look at that on our website. And it's just so important that we recognize this. I'd like to mention another book um, that's great, especially if your child is in that six, seven, eight-year-old range. And it's called Brave Parent. It just came out on March 22nd, written by a dentist, Dr. Susan Maples. And she's actually in Lansing, Michigan. And Susan speaks all over the country about these issues with airway and how to make sure that we discover them in children. 
She's also a pioneer in getting the word out and helping parents. But read her book, Brave Parents, and especially the chapters on sleep and breathing. Mm-hmm. And it will give you also the language you need to talk with your pediatrician, to talk yes. with your dentist, to ask the right questions. And be curious because once you start any treatment, you have to make sure that you are not doing anything more to impair your child. And the goal is to get your child to be able to breathe through their nose because also breathing through your nose is like running anything coming through um, a clearing house so that it actually helps your immune system. Did you know breathing through your nose helps your immune system? I did not. Is ruinous. Correct. Correct. From what it removes to what it creates, even down to the way it lets it come through because it, it you know, adds moisture to it. There's, it, it's, a, again, these books that Candy's mentioning, we'll kind of, we'll kind of go through them again at the end, but they're, but they're amazing. They will give you this deeper understanding. And I will tell you as a parent, they're going to terrify you a little bit. And as a parent, I'm going to tell you what's rightfully so let it terrify you because this is scary. And it's something that as parents, we have the power to do for our kids, to help our children. And with that, I kind of want to segue into Brad to talk about, um, you know, again, I, I come to this a little different. I didn't have the journey with Savvy. I know Savvy now and I love her and, and, and I feel her journey, but I wasn't there. But as a parent, you know, I think, oh, I've got insurance and I can do this for my kid and I can do this for my kid and I'm, I'm doing such a great job and come to find out, you know, even that's not necessarily true because of the way it's structured. And, you know, Brad, I'd, I'd like to open it up to you to speak a little bit more, you know, parent to parent on that. Well, you know, parent to parent, uh, very interesting. Candy, um, she, she alluded to the time when, when we actually were introduced to the orthodontist who, who put the retractive braces on and, and of course went through the, the story about, I can give you a good smile, you know, Savvy will need surgery when she's 17, which we've never heard before. So we're right. kind of really, and, and so, and, and, you know, I've worked for some, some pretty decent uh, companies who've got very good insurance plans. And, and so orthodontics uh, and dental insurance was, was one of them. So what I wanted to do, uh, you know, parent to parent, talk about what I, what we would, we wish we could have asked the orthodontist when we first saw him, he was talking about the smile and, you know, the surgery in the future, but we never, ever mentioned airway, not once. So when you think about that, um, we didn't know, and, and we just assumed that that was not an issue, just assumed it. And, and, and that was a, probably the, a very, very um, critical mistake that we made. And, and now, if we were to start over and have that same conversation, the first thing we would have been asking, well, what will this do to her airway? And and we, which is at this point in time, if that person, if the if the doctor would have come back and said, oh, she'll be fine, no big deal, um, then asking, well, what proof do you have of that? Let's be a little more specific about that, and and then get into the, the you know what what really happens to it, um, and and. And our feeling was that then we would go 
refer her, Sally, to an airway dentist, an airway orthodontist, somebody who's actually claiming that they know something about this. And, and now back at that point in time, there really weren't any, to my knowledge. I mean, you had Bill Hang, you know, and, and Kevin was, was learning at that time, and Ben Morali and some other people around who are really good at this now and, and experts. And, and one of the things we want to do with the website is, is to have a referral where we can, when we ask, well, who can I see? You know, we're going to get to that point. We're not there yet, but we want to get to there. But so, so it really goes back to as a parent, uh, because no one else is going to do this. Um, and and uh, Rebecca, you mentioned the insurance companies. Well, I find it very ironic, uh, ironic as a as a finance guy that the insurance companies uh, and corporations have got this benefit of orthodontics for the kids. And and so. You know, so we slap these braces onto the kids. We don't ask a whole lot of questions. The smile is nice. You know, we don't really recognize what's going on. But what we are really doing is causing a huge problem for the medical side of the insurance company, the insurance insurance industry. Down the road, where these kids are having ADHD and they're having all kinds of other issues, and, and sadly to the point where she had maxillofacial surgery to correct the problems that were really, you know, that maybe not caused, but certainly exacerbated by putting these attractive orthodontics on. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, in fact, uh, you know, when Ken and I have been talking about you know, what next, what do we, who do we need to see? So we plan on seeing insurance executives uh, here in Texas and eventually all over the country to, to let them ask them, what are you doing? And, and being a finance guy, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, wow. So, I, so I'm doing a great job on the, on the dental side, not making a whole lot of money at it. And then we're causing huge problems, huge financial problems for the industry, for the individuals involved. You know, yep. no one should be happy about this. So right. why are we doing this? Why are the insurance companies paying for this? And so my thought would be, okay, well, as a parent, we want, we want a second opinion to make sure that whatever orthodontic work is going to be done is not impairing the airway. Well, you know, actually the insurance companies ought to be doing the same thing. There ought to be some kind of a screening before they pay for any orthodontia. It ought to be, there's standards that are met that that are ensuring that that uh, the airway is not impaired in any way. Uh -huh. That's not happening to it. But right. it will be. That's one of the things that CAP are, we, we are, are going to focus in that area to make sure that from the insurance side, that it's kind of, and the second thing is that coverage is really good. This is life-threatening stuff. So, you know, we, we need, you know, everybody, you know, Candy and I have been fortunate that we've got to work for large corporations that have very good insurance plans. But what about those kids who don't? You know, right. all those kids, they, they're just innocent kids. And and so we, we need to make sure that everybody has access to healthcare that and it, particularly in this breathing side of it, and can you, you know, throughout the thing, what about those kids that are in a twenty-story building with black mold and they're mm -hmm. breathing through their mouth, and, and so they're not developing correctly? Uh, you know, or there's allergies. There's all kinds of things, and I think Susan Maples in her books point, points out some of that. She does. So, mm -hmm. so when you really look at this as parents, you know, you really gotta ask and, and educate yourself as soon as you start seeing the symptoms that that Candy alluded to and pointed out 
about you know mouth breathing, all that cavities. I mean, there's so many things. There's, there's all these indicators that your child has got an issue, and and we saw them, we didn't get it, and so we're just you know we want to educate parents to be looking for these things, and when you see them, then you get to an airway centric dentist who who can fix these things, and of course, hopefully the pediatricians will start doing this automatically. As, uh-huh. as part of their training, so that when these little kids come out, and, and you know, our, our lot of six by six, right? And that's part of what we're doing. We're we're not just here to educate parents. Um, we are here to change how insurance is going to be handling these things, and we're here to tackle education for pediatricians, dentists, everybody. Because if everybody knows what's going on. They're not. They're also not going to be siloed. Pediatricians don't talk to dentists. We got to fix that. Rebecca, we see this as a huge public health issue, and it is. We're just you're just getting into that, and and Mm -hmm. this first year has been learning and reading all these books and the books that uh, that you and and Candy have identified. There's they're fascinating books. Uh, Some are easier to read than others, and and but they're all good. They're really good. And as a concerned parent, it's worth the time to read them. Right. Right. So, you know, before I give you guys a final thought, let me just kind of wrap up for people so that, you know, because this is a lot to throw at everybody and this is just our first podcast and there's so much more for us to cover and we are going to be bringing in experts and we really want to talk about this from every possible angle. Um, But some of the books that we want you to check out are on our website that we mentioned, Breathe, Why, Why We Sleep, Sleep Right Kids, Brave Parent. They're all on our website under our resource area. You can go there. We have a full recommended reading list um, and it's great for parents. It's great for medical professionals. We're trying to get all the information out there to everyone. Uh, for parents, if you're really not sure where to start, you're, you're look, you want to go through those signs again. Uh, if you go to our website under the 2022 Airway Awareness Project, there's uh, all this information, signs to look for, um, symptoms. There is uh, our, our initial uh, search for an airway-centric dentist, which came from, as Candy alluded to, Ben Morales. We're going to be expanding on that, but we're here to help you. We're here to provide you with this information, and we hope you'll use it. And this month, we launched our airway huddle, which is now our form for parents. We don't want you to have to go through what Brad and Candy went through. We're giving you a forum, a place that you can come. You can talk to other parents. You can share your stories. If there is an airway-centric dentist you're working with, tell us about it. Put it on the forum. Um, you know, We'll make sure we talk to you. If there's somebody we can put you in touch with, we'll see it. You know, We'll get you their information. But we're putting these tools and resources there for you to help you and to help your children. So with that, I would like to turn it back over to Brad and Candy for a final thought that you could tell parents. Um, what is the substance in nasal breathing? It's nitrous oxide and it helps your immune system. And the second thing is, if we had known you know, in 2002, when their daughter was born, that we should ask for a comprehensive airway exam and that we should begin seeing the dentist, not at two, but at one, and we should seek out an airway-centric dentist. 
if we knew all of those things, our daughter would not have gone through so much and still having issues today. She's a very, very special young woman and so capable, and yet um, she's had to deal with all of these issues. So now that we know in the last year that it's preventable, it's avoidable, it's treatable, we want to tell everybody, like scream from the rooftops, please, if you see mouth breathing in your child or any of these signs we've talked about, go to our website, take a look, call us, email us. We'd be happy to help in any way. And just to add to that, I think the, the biggest thing from my standpoint for the parent is to educate yourself as soon as you realize, and it's good to educate yourself anyway, but as soon as you, you realize that your child might have some airway issue, start learning about it and, and then seek out help. And, and again, it's hard to find that help right now. If you're living in a large city, great, you know, the odds are you'll find somebody faster than if you're like where I grew up, I grew up in, in northern Idaho, quite a ways away from the big city. But the, the big thing is educate yourself to realize that what the issues are. And, and then the other part of it is get your child to help and fix as early as possible because the younger they are, the easier they are to, to, to you know, correct the, any kind of an issue that they have. So the longer you wait, then you, know, you get to our point where we, there was no choice like maxillofacial surgery. That was the only choice we had. Right. So, right. you know, educate and, and treat and get treatment. Yeah, and if you're at that point of maxillofacial surgery, say you have a teenage daughter or son who needs this type of help uh, helpful a person that you might consult is dr larry wolford in dallas and he is number one in the world and he 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 there isn't anything he hasn't seen he's a, right. he's a great person to consult Yep. yep. And you can find his information on our website yeah thank you both thank you both for everything you're doing um, it's an amazing organization and I personally am honored to be part of it. And I look forward to, to seeing what we can do and all the lives we can change and help. So thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks everyone who's listening. Thanks again to today's guests, Brad and Candy Sparks for sharing their story. And to each of you for listening to today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to leave us a review or comment about what you enjoyed most. You can stay connected with the Children's Airway First Foundation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, shoot us a note via the contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. Remember, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And finally, thanks to all the parents and medical professionals out there that are working to help make the lives of kids around the globe a little bit better. Take care, stay safe, and happy breathing, everyone.